Hi, so I'm Alan, and this is Christina. Uh, we're the creators of Woodland Creatures, a graphic novel out now on Kickstarter. So uh, we're going live on Spoiler Country. Come and join us. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Public and Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. Johnny tonight is off, so you just get me for this intro and outro. So, how about we get right into it? Because today on the show, well, it's Christina Roswell and Alan McLeod, isn't it? They are the creators and purveyors of the new Kickstarter campaign, Woodland Creatures. And I highly suggest that you go out to Kickstarter. Check it out right now and uh, see what it has to offer. I think you're going to have a really good time checking it out. But for right now, why don't we go ahead and hear, listen to Christina Allen in their own words. And I'm sure after hearing this interview, you're going to want to go right out there and check it out. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I am happy to be sitting and talking with Christina Roswell and Alan McLeod today to talk about the uh, a new book on Kickstarter, Wilden Creatures, Wild Souls. Guys, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing very well. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Not a problem. So before we get too deep into talking about, about this book and what, what it's doing and what it means to you, uh, what is the book about? So... Our book is a twist on the werewolf story. Now, instead of having the very typical person turning into a wolf on the full moon, which, let's face it, that's been done to absolute death by now, uh, we've got a person with a wolf soulmate. Ah. And this, soul, this wolf is with them from a very young age. And they will be able to mentally transfer the human mind into the body of the wolf and take control of it that way. So a little bit of a different slant on the traditional yeah. story. That is a different slant. I like that. It kind of changes a little bit. Yeah. We we wanted to go for more of the realistic idea. The one thing which Christina has always been very proud of is her stories are grounded in realism. So although they are definitely fantasy you could imagine them happening in in the modern day. Um, so in our first volume, 
which we launched last year, we were introduced to Callie and Christopher, our main protagonists. Right. And, uh, Callie is, for lack of a better description of her, she's a murdering psychopath. Uh, she is a young brat, basically, <laughs> who is used to getting her own way and firmly believes that humans are beneath the lycanthropes and are really only good for hunting. Right. <laughs> so we're introduced to her and we're introduced to her wild side, but we also meet Christopher, who is her partner. He's a few years older than her. And he has come out of the U.S. military suffering from PTSD. Now, Christopher is very much tired of basically following Callie and covering up her crimes. So our story is how do these two characters deal with their own individual problems? How do they deal with the problems of them being together? And are they able to put the problems to one side when the U.S. military finds out about these lycanthropes and wants to weaponize them? That's cool. That's a cool concept. I like the, um, so what was the, why choose an American with PTSD for that character? Um, it makes, it makes the whole setting of our story easier if it is based in America. And our main antagonist is a colonel in the U.S. military. So it just kind of seemed to all fit together. Ah, okay. So it's kind of, it worked better to have for the story wise to have it that way. Yeah. There's nothing against the actual U.S. military. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so you kickstarted a book last year. Is this, a, this, this is a continuation of that book? Yeah. So we had a successful Kickstarter last year for the first volume. And that was released in December of 2019. Uh, we've had a couple good months of promotion of it before uh, the world shut down, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we've got the Kickstarter going for the second volume, and it has already been successfully funded. So we're we're already in a very good very good place. That that's awesome. It's 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 good once you get funded. I I did a Kickstarter last year for a book I did. And once I hit that funded stage, which for me was about two weeks in, it was like a huge sigh of relief. And I was no longer, you know, just stressing out every day about the Kickstarter. I was able to actually breathe. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah. I think when anybody asks us, like, what's the favorite part of the Kickstarter, it's when it's successfully funded and you can actually sleep at night. Right. <laughs> up every couple hours just to check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're refreshing every 10 minutes to see if it's got more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still doing it anyway, even though it is funded. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's still a, a fun task to look and see where it's at and, you know, until you're fully done too because, you know, see how far you can get because it's, uh, yeah. even once you're funny, you're still like, okay, well, there's more. We can do more. And then the fact, for me, when I did mine, it's like people want more out of this. So it's like, it just, it's a dopamine high, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For us, it's uh, constantly trying to beat our own targets, which we yeah. said. So yeah. um, we broke our target of having more money funded this year than we were funded last year. Nice, nice. So that, that was a good thing. 
And we're now seeing if we can get more backers than we had last year. And we're about 11 people off. Nice. So we need 11 more backers, guys, and then we can... Then, well, then you keep the creators happy. <laughs> well, we have at least 11 listeners. So if every one of those, <laughs> I'll back it. Yep. <laughs> All 11 of you listening. Now there's more than that. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm assuming according to our stats, there's more than 11. So hopefully some of them go back. Usually uh, um, it's kind of funny because when we do Kickstarter stuff, we do a lot of Kickstarter stuff on this show. Um, at least we, it gets mixed in with all the interviews that we do because I love Kickstarter. I love I love comic books that are fresh and new that aren't just mainstream stuff. And uh, yeah. it's it's kind of funny because um, we used to do a show. We still do sometimes called the Kickstarter Signal Booth where we just have someone with the Kickstarter on. They come on. They talk about their book for like five or ten minutes. And then I wrap like three or four of them into one episode. And we talk about each one of them and, and push them out. And then um, just because of time constraints, we've moved into more just, you know, like like just doing a complete episode where it's like just a talk to one one creator and then push it out as, as their episode versus just a – um, a multitude of one in, in one, you know? Uh, but I found that in, even in our, our old signal booth and in the ones we do now for Kickstarters, I'll get messages from people, um, within like a day or two after we re-release it from people on like Twitter and stuff, uh, talking about how they went to the, they went and backed the book or they found it or they loved it or they're like, Oh, thank you for showing me this book. And I'm like, that makes it all worth it right there. <laughs> when people find something they yeah. didn't know was there. <laughs> yeah. It's lovely when you see that. I mean, especially from the creator's side, um, obviously during the Kickstarter we you know we're doing lots of podcasts and lots of interviews and it's always great when we have a particularly successful one and you know we go on to our onto our Kickstarter and we see it's jumped by three or four backers yeah and, yes it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> it is so worth it it's, it's kind of funny how like how influential going on a podcast can be to help your Kickstarter because I went on I think like 50 or 60 podcasts for my, for my Kickstarter last year. And I know a lot of my backers came from those podcast interviews. And as a, as a podcaster, it makes me feel, I mean, it kind of puts you in this high of like, I have power, but really you don't. It's just the people who create the cool things, creating cool things and being people finding out about it. But it's cool as a podcaster and a creator to kind of see the power of both sides, right? The power of the awesome created new thing on Kickstarter and the power of people listening to you talk about things. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we, we're constantly having a look at where our backers are coming from. And it's very strange because although we're based in, in the UK, mm-hmm. the majority of our backers are actually from the US, yep. which is where we've done the majority of our interviews and podcasts. So it clearly is having a great reach. Well, you, you, you have a PTSD military guy in there, of course. <laughs> Amer- yeah. Americans um, love PTSD, apparently. Yeah, I think, unlike a lot of countries, the Americans are incredibly proud of their military, and this yeah. is something which uh, is lovely kind of, kind of to show. And I think that's one thing we wanted to kind of broadcast with our, with our graphic novel, is not only to remember the fallen and remember those who didn't make it home, but to remember the ones who did. Right. Um, are still suffering from everything that they've been through. And that's why it was a it was a very poignant idea to have Christopher suffering from PTSD. And there's been a lot of research uh, that Christina's put in to make sure that we portrayed it as accurately as possible instead of going down cliched routes of what people think it is. That's good. Yeah. There's a PTSD in America is a, is a, a big thing and not a lot of people talk, not enough people talk about it. 
Um, I have a lot of friends who, you know, are served in the military and come back from, you know, various tours with different levels of PTSD. And uh, it's our, uh, our country doesn't quite handle that very well, um, at least not as well as they should. Um, but it's, it's, it's good when you see things that deal with that concept and don't deal with it in a cliche or in a um, generic way, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you see it on TV sometimes they'll have the guy with PTSD and he'll just have rage issues. It's like, well, that's just, that's not what PTSD really is. Not just rage issues. It's just a whole, whole lot more to it than that. So that's, that's cool. And I think you, you nailed it when you said that you, you know, people with varying levels of PTSD because yeah. it's not, it doesn't just affect everybody in one way. Every single person who suffers from, you know, this horrible issue, they are affected in so many different ways and every case is unique and individual and we really wanted to try to showcase just how terrible a thing it is and how hard it can make it can make life and so we really want to be as realistic on this one as possible right realistic with ptsd and have werewolves yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, we're actually very fortunate that while we were promoting the the first volume we actually came across uh, an american charity who we were very proud to work alongside for a short time and that is lockwood animal rescue center oh cool they're, they're based in california and they they do this wonderful thing that they rescue uh mistreated and injured wolves and they pair these wolves with veterans suffering from PTSD. And oh, the idea cool. is so that both the wolf and the veteran have a partner to help work through these difficult issues. You know, and wolves obviously being incredibly intelligent animals, they can suffer trauma and they, they will show signs of PTSD in some form as well. And, you know, you see it affect their mental state. And we were very fortunate to be able to work with Lark and kind of help promote the fantastic work that they're doing as well. That's a, that's really cool. I've actually heard of uh, not that specific charity before, but of them people of uh, you know organizations using wolves or certain types of dogs with for PTSD um, survivors yeah. and it being successful, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing to have an empathetic creature like a wolf be able to connect to a particular veteran, you know, both both sides of this story need need help. And the fact that Lark is doing this to to help both the wolf and and the veteran is is fantastic. And it's something we're really proud of helping with. That's that's really cool. I, it's it's I always love it when I hear when I have there's something that's creative and has this this spark to it of of, of being unique like this book is, but also has a social aspect of, you know, they're aware of what their writing may have an effect on something and can, can, can join that with something that is like, you know, like the charity or something that also that gives yeah. back. Um, when I did, when I, I'm a big believer in giving back. And because when I did my book, I donated uh, 10% of the proceeds to uh, um, the national suicide prevention fund. Um, oh, yeah. Because I've had, I've had friends in my life that got, you know, succumbed to suicide. You know, they had too much on their plate and they couldn't take it anymore. So it's a yeah. big, it was a big deal for me. So I, I've always trying to make sure when I do things, there's always some kind of aspect to that. Just because it's like, I don't know, I feel the more people can give back in things, the better we all can be. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's very easy to understate the effect which graphic novels and comics and uh, yeah. dare we say that the nerd in deep life uh, yeah. has a world. There's, you know, we, we do have the power to make a huge impact on the world. And I think it's, I think it's important to try to showcase that. Yeah. Uh, graphic novels or comics in general, man, they, they saved my life multiple times. I, I can't tell you when I was a teenager and a kid, I mean, I was never at risk of like hurting myself, but like emotionally saved my life of being able to escape my brain into these magical worlds of like new game in Sandman or, of like service or, or the team, or the, you know, the turtles, the team turtles, whatever. I'd be able to just escape my own brain to get into these fantastical worlds. And in, at some level you, you learn things while reading comics because writers and comics I've found always throw things in there that like, you know, you're going to learn a little something, even if I don't mean it, you're going to learn something out of this. And it's just, it's, there's, there's a, a, a consciousness that comes with the medium of comic books, which is why it's my favorite medium in the world to, to read any story in is, is with visual comics because not only do you have this aspect of people telling fun stories about werewolves and, and, and like this here, but there's also, you know, you're dealing with the PTSD aspect or there's other aspects that go into it that people will pull out of that and relate to it in their own way. And you've got this aspect of when you read a comic book, you read a graphic novel, you're, you're really kind of reading two stories at once because you're reading the words that are written and you're reading the artwork. So you're getting a dual story at the same time and, and you don't get that in any other medium. Yeah. Completely agree. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little bit a little bit of a tangent there of comics. That I, yeah. <laughs> so going back to the the, the book here, um, this is your second graphic novel. Is there plans? Or is there current plans for more? Um, yeah, this is the second one out of three. So we'll have a third volume next year. Um, it, that will be the last. One, and like, unless I decide to write a sequel, but for now it is going to be only three volumes. Um, yeah, we'll start working on, on the third one once this one is finished and printed and everything. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So, who all, um, so you, Christina, you're the creator and, and writer of the story. Who else is working on this book with you? So we've got Christina, obviously, as the editor and creator. Uh, we've got Thomas Ira, who's the who's the artist. And then we've got Bally Ruth Davila, who's the script writer. And also, doing the lettering, it is Gonzalo Ward. Nice. And I'm, I'm literally just PR. <laughs> I, I'm dragged along for you things to talk about it. <laughs> Maybe a comic box, yeah, he's yeah. the... I have to talk to everybody. <laughs> You're the hype man, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the art. <laughs> the artwork is fantastic in this book. I, I love the art. It's so uh, black and white art. or art that's not colored in the copy that I got. Art, art that's black and white can be. It, it's it can be it can work really well for a story, or it can detract from the story because sometimes if you have an artist that doesn't know how to do shadowing right in black and white, it can detract. Uh, but in this one, um, the shadows are, I mean, the, the use of blacks is, is a lot of blacks and it's done well. And I like it a lot. I'm a big fan of this. Yeah, we're, we're so lucky with having Tomas on board. And as with many graphic novels, we had to make the decision whether we were going to color it or whether we were going to keep it black and white. Mm -hmm. And we, we actually tried one or two panels when they were colored. 
And as lovely as they are, we, we kind of found it distracted a little bit from the actual story and it wasn't as punchy as it was black and white. So we, we made yep. a, a divisive decision to <laughs> stick with black and white. And, you know, from comments on at Comic-Cons, uh, some people are a little bit put off with a black and white novel, but I, I think it does showcase the story more. I'd have to agree. Have you heard of, um, do you know who Stefan Frank is? Stefan Frank? Yeah. Um, someone I've heard of, actually. He was the animation director for the movie The Iron Giant. Um, he also worked on the Playmobil movie, and he's, he's worked on a bunch of movies in Hollywood. He's also a comic creator, and he has a comic book series called Silver, uh, which is basically, um, the, the the quick way to say it is it's Ocean's Eleven and Dracula's Castle. But it's <laughs> it's it's also done all in black and white. And it's it, it, just like this, the black and white doesn't detract from the story. It enhances the story because it, it makes more sense for it not to have color because then, you're, then your eyes aren't get, I find with some comic books that are in full color when there are certain types of stories, especially stories that are supernatural and don't have the right kind of coloring, your eyes get lost in the colors. So your brain gets lost and lost outside of the story, right? And when it's yeah, absolutely, and that's something which we we wanted to avoid with ours. You know, our our stories punching. There's a lot going on at all times, so we didn't want anything to distract from that. Right, and this this reminds me kind of. Uh, I mean, the, visually, the art is completely different from how Stephen Frank draws his, but the the theme of how the art is with the black and white and the, the use of shading and the story a little bit. It kind of reminds me of that, and it's it's you know two examples of of a black and white comic being done well to where it's it's it, it enhances everything you're doing here and um also if you haven't checked out silver i highly recommend silver it's one of the best like horror comics i've read in a long time it's got four volumes out it's 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 done now so it's all finished but it's it's fantastic it's about va- it's about vampires <laughs> yeah definitely, definitely that yeah. yeah we're writing that down at the moment <laughs> And he's and Stefan's a great guy too. He's uh he's been on our show a couple of times. We met him at San Diego Comic Con a couple of years ago and became friends with him. <laughs> That's always awesome when you're able to kind of bring on someone who's as successful as that and you know with a resume like that. It's, it's yeah. great to be able to have a chat with him. Yeah, I got to sit down with him for um, dinner a couple of times, and one of the times Stefan dinner, he was like, we were like just like passing back artwork back and forth, and then he plays guitar and I play guitar, so we're like like showing videos of us playing songs. It was like. This is like so cool. <laughs> so with, with a question for you outside of wooden creatures um, uh, and just cause I'm curious, uh, do you have any other plans for other stories after this is completed or, or is there, is there more out there that people can check out? Kind of that's over to you, Christina. What what else have you what else have you got planned? Um, at the moment, is I just got so much going on with woodland creatures that <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to be it for a bit. But um, the thing is, I'm I'm an um, author. I I usually write like paperback novels, not graphic novels. And when I do that, it's usually in Spanish. So it's like. It's a bit of a, it's a bit difficult to have all of that translated. That's why I decided to go with a graphic novel that was like, uh, would it be less uh, text? It is a bit easier to do translation. So at the moment, I do have other books that I have written already. Uh, but 
I don't have any plans at the moment to turn them into a, a graphic novel. But as I say, it's mainly because I'm so busy with wood and critters that I don't have the time to do anything else. And Kickstarter actually takes a lot, a lot of time. So, and then after that, we just be starting with the by script, uh, not the script writer because that's already done, but with the artist and kind of directing all of the creation of the of this volume and then on to volume three. So. I really don't know what I'm going to be doing after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's good to be focused. And it's, it's, I have the tendency myself to, when I create things, to get distracted with other things and then take forever to finish one thing. So whenever somebody can be focused, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm impressed by that and very jealous that you can stay focused because I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do get distracted a lot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I also uh, draw sometimes, mm-hmm. and if you check my iPad is full of unfinished drawings. <laughs> mine too. Oh, mine too. Until well, actually, I kind of lost my iPad because my daughters decided they they wanted to draw on it, so they always come to my office and take my iPad so they can go <laughs> draw on it. And then I find all these like I'll find like thirteen drawings on my of random stuff on my iPad that they did in the the day they <laughs> took it, which is super cute. But then I'm like. But I want to draw too, and you took it from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, at that point, it's easier just to buy another iPad, <laughs> right? And it's yeah, we're we're actually in the process of doing that. I have we have I have five kids, so it's like I can't buy all five of them on iPads. I got to buy them a kid's iPad to work with, and then, <laughs> then deal with fights of them, you know, kids and not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> so. As of recording this, you have 15 days left, and I'm going to try my best to get this out tomorrow. So there'll be 14 days left uh, for people who are listening to this out there um, to want to go in and check out Withered Creatures and, and 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 give it a back. And one of the things I like to ask everybody, just because it's good for people to hear it out loud too, rather than just read it, uh, what what are some of the like the rewards people can get if they go in and, and back it? What are the cool things they can get? Um. So. I suppose one of the biggest selling rewards that we have at the moment is we are aware that this is the second volume that's out. So we we made a point. One of the one of the goals is being able to buy the paperback version of both volume one and two as a combination. So you're able to be you're able to catch up on the story. Uh, we've also got a variety of different prints which are available. Um, some of them from Tomas. But we've also got some which are by kind of guest artists. Uh, so we've got Diego, for example, who was the artist of uh, Firefly and also the Power Rangers. Oh, nice. Yeah, the comics. Um, and also Christina has done a drawing as well, which I've managed to convince her to put on <laughs> as, as a reward. Uh, That's one that I managed to, fin- to finish. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we do have a couple of really nice rewards, uh, lovely posters and prints. We've got a few nice stretch goals at the moment, which we're kind of working towards. Uh, the first one, obviously, is that we're aiming for, or the first one that we have unlocked is a fridge magnet, because everybody loves, loves fridge magnets. Oh, yeah. We, always want one. Uh, we are in the process of heading towards our second stretch goal, which is unlocking extra pages. Which is going to be kind of like a almost companion book style, where it'll be uh, a little bit more behind the scenes 
stuff. So what inspired the book and what inspired what inspired the the history and the the myths of the the cantrops and the Native American tribes, which you know we we're basing our story around. And then we've got a few other stretch goals in mind as well, but uh, that's getting into spoiler territory. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is this spoiler country you're on? But I understand not wanting to give it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you just said something interesting. Uh, so you're, you you base some of the mythologies on uh, Native American tribes. Do you have a, is there any specific tribe, or you kind of just uh, doing research on uh, groups of them? Yeah. So it is based on one particular American tribe, which is the Tlingit tribe uh, in the Tongass Forest up in Alaska. Mm. And you know, we, we've taken a lot of their mythology and a lot of their ideas and we've done lots of research. And also from the Inuit uh, culture, it's like the Amarok name is from the Inuit. So, uh, but mainly it is the Klingit culture that we are going to, we even mentioned that on the book. So, um, yeah, it's really focused on that and the, like how they treat like they consider animals cannot like at the same level as humans. Mm-hmm. So that's I I just thought that linked quite well with the general theme of the story with the humans and their wolf soulmates. So that's why that's, that's maybe the the main tribe that we are going to be centered. That's cool. That's cool. That's really cool. I'm, I've been myself recently getting into Native American culture. Um, I have a, a new friend that I've in the last year that's uh, Native American. Through him, I've been like learning a lot about the culture. Um, funny side story, because like I said, I go on tangent sometimes. Growing up, I always thought that um, I was part Native American because I was told that by my grandparents and by my parents that we were like that. I was told that my great grandmother was full blood Cherokee and my aunt was born on the Cherokee reservation in Oklahoma, which would have made um, me like an eighth Cherokee or whatever it was. So I grew up thinking that. And then we did a DNA test. and I found out that no, I am like 97% British in my bloodline. <laughs> like it's, 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 I mean, and that 97, that's not a joke. That's what it says on answer. She has 97% British and 2% Irish Scottish. And I'm like, I am a whole lot of white guy. <laughs> It's slightly scary doing these tests. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I definitely avoided taking one of these because I know it's going to come back from like uh, Germany, Scandinavian, and Danish, <laughs> and all of these Norwegian, like Scandinavian countries. Right. But yeah, not any diversity in my family tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just funny because I mean my aunt, my my dad's mom, that side he. And my dad's sister, he they totally she totally still believes that she is like, you know, a quarter or a half Native American and she will argue tooth and nail. Even though she had a test done as well, two of them and both of them said no. She's like, No, it's they're they're both <laughs> completely wrong. And we're like, Okay, that's fine. You can believe what you want to believe. And she's I mean, she's fully ingrained in, in the Cherokee culture and she's been living it for the last fifty years. So I mean, it doesn't really matter. But it's just funny how you can grow up thinking to one thing and then and, and even growing up thinking, I was like, Well, I don't care. I never even I never researched, I never put any effort into learning about it. And then now, of course, when I have a friend that I've become close with, now I'm like all in and learning all about it. <laughs> yeah. It, it is kind of funny that uh, it brings up the question of what makes you, like what decides where you're from? Is it your blood and where and your actual birthplace or is it what you were raised and what, what you believe in? Right. Yeah. 
It's 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 it's, it's curious, and I, I'm sure there's many people who have very very different thoughts on that answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you know, if you look at uh, your your family and saying that they were brought up and fully ingrained in the Cherokee culture, that uh, are they any less just because they don't have the blood running through them? You yeah. Know, that, Interesting debate. It is, it is. It is. It's. 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 I've actually had that. I've had that debate with my my friend that's you know Native American from the South, and uh, he he's of the opinion as, as that it, uh, if you grow up thinking something and you're growing up respecting it, then there's no different than growing up actually part of it. And I'm like, that's kind of yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But I digress and I go on ra- random tangents here. So <laughs> back to your to your book here. Um, I got to tell you, I, I, have, I have not finished the book you sent over. I, I have read about half of it because I got distracted with work. I really did enjoy it. I, I want to let you know that not, I really did enjoy what I was reading. I, I plan to finish it. And uh, oh, we are going to have a review of it on the website here pretty soon so people can read a review on it and a non-spoiler review, of, or obviously. Because um, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed what I read. The person who I – the reviewer on our website that I sent it to um, to uh, to review it has already gotten back to me and told me how much she liked it. So good things all around. Um and I want to tell you this, when you do get next year or your next book, please reach out to us. Let me know. And we'll have you come back on and do a whole other thing for the next book too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always great getting on and uh, speaking to people both pre-release and also post-release. It's great hearing people's feedbacks on. Especially on if they like it. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you like it. <laughs> if you don't like it, then uh, we might be busy on the day that you want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You got to wash your hair. I get it. I understand. You got to wash the hair. I get it. <laughs> well, Christina, Alan, I thank you both so much for your time today and sharing this book with me and, and my, all of our listeners and everybody out there, as always, the link to the, to the Kickstarter will be in the show notes below. Uh, it, the review will be up so you can read that as well. Go check it out. If nothing else, just share it out because those shares of people's Kickstarters help incredibly much. So again, Christina, Alan, thank you so much for giving me your time today. guys uh, i think i'm gonna cut it short since johnny's not here today and you just heard him give this amazing interview with christina and alan uh, hopefully you go out to kickstarter check out woodland creatures and uh pick it up and if you can't pick it up uh, for whatever reason share it out it'll help them tremendously in their efforts to get this campaign funded all right guys if you enjoyed that and you love interviews i highly suggest you go back to spoilerverse.com and check out our back issues. There's a ton for you to peruse, a lot of cool guests, and a lot of just other shows that we just kind of do what we do. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, the other thing is, is there's a ton of other podcasts at spoilerverse.com that you can enjoy, like Bridging to Geekdom and Misery Point Radio and Shooting the Sith and Polygon Warriors. There's so much to check out. You need to get there and really dig in to see all that's there there is to offer. And um, yeah, there's also a ton of articles on the site, both press releases of new things coming out in the comic world and the game world. And check out the Sarah K files for the supernatural and the unknown and look at Jay Roaches and the Roaches Den and all the cool things that he has to offer and what he talks about life in general and his, well, his different viewpoint that you than what you might have. So go check it all out. It's right there at your fingertips. It costs you nothing. All right, guys, don't forget, in an ocean's of podcasts, we are Cthulhu, and as Cthulhu compels you to do, 
open the mind and read more. Later.